What's up, everybody? I'm Coach Matt, and welcome to the Splash Mash Dash podcast, where our goal is to promote a sustainable approach to the triathlete lifestyle by sparking constructive conversation and hopefully inspire you to adopt a healthier and effective methods to training. Today's podcast is brought to you by smdracingteam.com. SMD Racing offers innovative custom triathlon training for goal-driven athletes who want to effectively and efficiently make performance gains. Take the guesswork out of race day results. This service is available for both local and remote athletes. Go to smdracingteam.com for more info. In this episode, we talk to Coach Brandy Shipman, an Ironman triathlete, coach, and breast cancer survivor, where we discuss mental strength and what it means to her. It's a very inspirational and enlightening discussion for all people, not just athletes. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, welcome to the show, Brandy. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And um, if you if you don't mind, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and talk about yourself as far as your background for a little bit? Absolutely. So my name is uh, Brandy Shipman. I am a San Antonio, Texas based triathlon coach, um, triathlon and running coach. Um, I've been racing since 1999. It's been a very long time. Um, I have competed in everything from sprint to Ironman. Um, I think half Ironman is probably my favorite distance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love working with athletes who um, just want to perform and do their best, take them from wherever they are and help them reach their goals at whatever distance or whatever race they're looking for. So I started coaching, I want to say eight years ago, just out of um, people asking me out of friends wanting some advice. And I thought, huh, I'm already an elementary teacher. So I'm a natural you know, educator, nurturer. And so I went and got my USAT um, certification and just kind of took off from there. And I just keep learning more and more each year and with every athlete. And I just, I just love what I'm doing. Okay, awesome. And today we're going to, um, I guess our theme is going to be talking about mental strength and your background and, and some of the things, the trials and tribulations that you faced in your life um, directly kind of discuss that that topic of mental strength um so to to back up you know you got into triathlon and then you, you became a triathlon coach and then you know, you found out uh, along that journey that um that you have breast cancer and then you started going through treatment can you talk about that and what that was like you know being a triathlete a triathlon coach and and kind of dealing with all all those circumstances yeah. So in 2009, at the age of 34, um, I was diagnosed with a, a rare type of breast cancer found in, in younger women called Paget's disease. And it wasn't the typical, you know, lump in the breast at the doctor. It was um, I had been having issues and had been going back and forth to the doctor for about three years. And I knew my body well and I knew something was wrong. Um, I, I kept training. I didn't I didn't feel horrible. Um, but I did find out that my cancer was very aggressive and my biggest fear was chemotherapy and losing my hair because I did not want to lose my hair. And, mm -hmm. um, I got, I was upset for a little bit, but I, I don't feel like I played the victim. 
I decided that cancer didn't define me, that I was more better defined as a triathlete than I was a cancer survivor or quote unquote victim, which I don't like that word at all. Mm. Um, and so, uh, my, my biggest thing, one of the biggest things that got me through is, you know, what's next, what am I going to do next? How do I get through this? Um, and I did end up having to go through chemotherapy. They kind of waved back and forth in my mind. I just knew that it wasn't going to slow me down. So with doctor's permission, of course, she allowed me to continue uh, working, working out as long as I promised to rest when I was tired and not push too hard. And I continued to go on my runs. Um, My first chemo treatment was on a Thursday. And my regular Friday routine was a four mile run in the morning. And I got up the day after chemo. And it was just in my brain that that's what I was going to do. And I didn't, didn't let the fact that I had chemotherapy the day before stop me. And Mm -hmm. so I got up, and I did my run. And and I was fine. I, I, I made it through and I slowed down a lot throughout, but I slept a little bit more. So I just made that decision to, to continue to do what I had been doing and not let it stop me. Yeah. And I think that, um, no matter what, what the obstacle is in life, um, you really have to focus on the things that you can control in a situation. Right. And, Most definitely. you know, they, they say control is an illusion, but there are some things that you can control as far, as far as your emotional response to those, those things that pop up in your life that are completely unexpected And I I think that's a prime example of uh, reacting to those type of unknowns in life with a a positive outlook, you know? Yeah, that, that's for sure. I just, I, I really had to make that decision of, you know, was I going to be the sit on the couch type person and, you know, just tell myself that I was tired all the time, which I was, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or was I going to be that person that was going to continue to do something, anything, even if it was just a, you know, 20 minute walk around the block or, you know, a 10 minute walk, whatever it was for that day. And I, I I had that mindset. I think I set myself up for that in the beginning and I had an amazing support system as well throughout. So that was helpful. And, um, can we talk about that support system? So you said that your the doctors were, were trying to recommend you to go see like a support groups, um, that were, you know, people that were, were either cancer survivors or, or still battling cancer, but um, you kind of had a different response or answer to that, right? I did. Um, so I had groups of friends. Of course, I had my teacher friends at work that were a support system when I was at work, and they were very helpful um, if I needed any extra help at work. I had a group of running friends that rallied around me Um brought me meals, brought me snacks, came and sat with me um, when I was tired. Um, I had a kickboxing group at the time um, that it was just a a huge group of people. They were like my family. um, And we continued to, you know, hang out and still work out together. So I just had all these little pockets of groups and the doctors were encouraging me to join you know, American Cancer Society meetings and go sit, you know, in a circle and talk in these groups. And that wasn't necessarily for me. I'm not saying that that wouldn't be for other people, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like I had the supports in place that I needed my close friends and um, family members and work, you know, work colleagues and things like that all helped me out. So that was very helpful for me. Yeah. And do you think maybe that is based upon it kept you 
in your element, so to speak, because uh, let's say like um, you go see a doctor and he says, oh, yeah, you got, you got to go, you know, stop running and you need to see a therapist or go to this, you know, hospital room where, it, you know, everything feels, uh, you know, outside your element of being an athlete, you know? Yeah, that would have been pretty devastating for me. Um, if the doctors would have told me, you know, hey, stop running because it's going to make everything worse, I would have still found a way to be involved with what, what I call my people. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I would have, you know, gone to kickboxing and, and sat on the side and start and stopped the music if that was something they needed. Or, you know, I would have gone to the track with my running friends and been on the side as, you know, carry their water for them, throw towels at them, scream at them, whatever I could do mm -hmm. um, to be that cheerleader. Because taking me out of that, that element that made me so happy, I think, I think would have been a big, big downer and maybe a, a spiral down into depression. So that would not have been good. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so important for, for just anyone, you know, just speaking to every, all, all the listeners that you really have to, you know, surround yourself with, with like-minded individuals in order to find success. And, and when you don't, and you have these, these, you know, this mixed environment, you're not always going to be moving towards your goal that you have in mind. Right. Most definitely. Yeah. And, and people that understand not necessarily that, that my, you know, my friends understood what I was necessarily going through, um, because they weren't going through the same things, but, um, but the fact that they knew that I wanted to run or, you know, wanted to go to kickboxing class, just the fact that they, they understood that part of my life was helpful to me. Gotcha. Um, so how do you think that's changed the person you are today? I will tell you that 11 years later, tomorrow is my 11, 11th cancer birthday, cancer anniversary, whatever you want to call it. It's been 11 years. And I can definitely say that 11 years later, I am a lot easier on myself. I'm a lot more forgiving. Um, I, I, I compare myself to others less. I won't, I won't say that I'm, I'm still not competitive <laughs> because I am. Um, but I focus more on where I am right now and what what actions I need to put in place to help myself um, get better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I have my ups and downs, too, with training. You have your on season and your off season. Um, and I, I feel like I believe in myself a little bit more. Self-esteem is, you know, always an issue. It's always difficult. But I've I've found that I can believe in a new normal now, sometimes um, in the past when I would get faster or I would have a good day, I would feel like, oh, that was just a fluke. Um, and now when I have a good day or I have a fast day, I'm like, no, that's that's because of my hard work. So I feel like I give myself more credit now. And I'm, I guess I'm a little bit more forgiving on myself um, with comparison to other people and, and my performances. Yeah. So taking the time to kind of reflect upon your accomplishments, whether they be big or small, right? That's really important for people to kind of self-reflect as well as be honest when they haven't made those accomplishments and maybe gone a little bit too long with their off season, uh, period. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like more than, you know, a few months, they take off five, six, seven months. And I, I've been there too. I've, I've done that as well. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all need to hit that reset button. Sometimes some people need to hit that button for a little bit longer than others. Definitely. Yeah. So 
let's talk about um, mental strength. And I mean, what does mental strength mean to you exactly? I think it all goes back to, you know, believing in your in yourself and not not putting as much stock in what others think of you um, and just knowing that that you can do it. Uh, it may take longer. Some things may take longer. If, if swimming is your weakness, uh, you may need to spend a little bit more time in the pool and you may need to have some a little bit of mental strength like Ugh, I really don't want to do, you know, sets of 400s. I really hate 400s. So you've got to pull out that mental strength and just do, do what you're supposed to do. You know, if it, if it didn't work right the first time, then, you know, the second time do what your coach told you, not what you wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of athletes have that issue where they focus on their strengths and avoid their weaknesses. Yeah. And, and for most of us, uh, a good majority of triathletes swimming is, is a, is a big weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, so you got to pull that mental strength in and just stay in that water a little bit longer or, you know, do that extra set or do those sprints for that kick set that you, you didn't really want to do. You, you just have to pull it from somewhere, wherever you pull it from. Some, some people say they do it because they want their children to see, um, them being strong and doing a great job. Um, I, I, my former coach used to try to force me to, to tell him my why, what is your why? Why do you do this? And that is such a hard thing to pinpoint and I think that directly relates to your mental strength, mm. because if you don't know your why, if you have no idea why you're doing what you're doing, it's hard to pull out that mental strength. Because if you're doing it to prove something to someone else, that's hard to fall back on when things get rough. Yeah. And it, it can kind of uh, fall short in the end. You're trying to prove it to someone else. And then you accomplish that goal that you thought was going to be that rewarding moment. And it, it never really comes. So what do you do after that? Yeah, exactly. Then you got to find a new goal. <laughs> yeah. So what's your yeah. goal? What, what keeps you, you going in, in the sport of triathlon? Um, I, I just want to be active when I, you know, I see some of these triathletes out there that are in their late sixties and seventies and they're still out there racing. And I, I want to be moving yeah. when older. Um, so I've, I've recently, well, I've always known, but I've, I've recently put more stock into, strength and mobility, mm. uh, including yoga and stretching and foam rolling and all that fun stuff. And so, um, just being able to move and being mobile later in life keeps me going. And of, and of course, chasing goals, um, you know, whatever your goal may be, it might be a certain time for a certain distance. Mm. Um, when I was doing shorter distance races, I wanted to qualify for Olympic distance, um, worlds. Um, so going to nationals and trying to qualify for worlds. And then, um, of course, Boston has always been an elusive, you know, on the running side, I've, I finally qualified for Boston and then, Oh, look what happens. Thank you. Coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> so, something we, we, we didn't see coming. Yeah. So that got canceled, but I, I did accomplish not canceled. I'm sorry. Postponed. Postponed. Yes. Yeah. Postponed. That's the big key word now. Yes. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I feel like 2020 is just kind of postponed for the triathlon world. It's like kind of like we're on hold and now we can't swim anymore. So, yeah, I mean, just just continuing to do better and and setting new goals and and staying healthy. And I'm a social creature, so I love, you know, the social aspect of triathlon, being around friends and, you know, meeting up, training, Mm -hmm. getting up at ungodly hours, driving somewhere in the dark to ride your bike for five, six hours all of that. It all keeps me going. <laughs> yeah. 
And and to go back what you were saying about uh, your your goal, people's goals, whether it be getting on up on that big podium or uh, you know having someone write you know six zero on your your calf, you know, and, <laughs> and still be doing triathlon at that age, that actually gets me more pumped up than seeing you know people with a, a fast time and 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 being you know first place with a fast time. I I have so much uh, respect for those those older triathletes that are still out there. I think. Um, at uh, last year's uh, half Ironman Galveston, I saw someone. I swear it was like seventy-five on their calf. I mean, he was still doing it, still doing the thing. Yeah, for real. And I and I have an athlete right now that's seventy, um, and he just finished his first full marathon in New York City in November. And oh, I mean that that was amazing. Yeah. And now he's starting to talk about qualifying for Boston, and I said, all right, let's do this. You got this. Um, so yeah, I do. I, I agree with you there. I have I have a lot of respect for the pros and the elites, mm-hmm. um, and the people that are you know whooping my butt in my age group. Um, but I, I do. I also have the, the respect for those people who are older or with you know um, you know like the wounded warriors. Anybody mm-hmm. who's out there just getting it through and finishing the moms with you know three four kids and a full time job or just anybody who's just getting through and and getting things done. Right. Right. And you mentioned, um, your coach there, um, a minute back. Um, can mm-hmm. we talk about him for a second and, sure. uh, about the impact he had on your life, uh, early, earlier on as a uh, athlete? Yeah, he, um, so he made me do the hard stuff that I didn't want to do. And I'm not talking about the physical. Um, he, he made me get into my own head and, um, think about, when I was struggling or when I was down on myself and things weren't, weren't going great and I had a goal and I wasn't, things weren't matching up. Um, you know, he's the one that forced me to think about that. Why, why was I doing this? Um, and then when I did have a bad day, he made me reflect and go back and say, why you need to not just look at today. What happened yesterday? What happened two days before what's going on at work? How is your nutrition that, you know, that I call nutrition, the fourth discipline, because, wow, if you don't have that under control, you're really in trouble. Right. And so he really forced me to branch out instead of just saying, here are your workouts. This is what I need you to do. Um, he really talked to me about when it did go well. Why did it go well? What did you do? Write that down. Talk to me about it. Mm. Um, and that's one thing I, I try to forward to my athletes is that. I'm only as good of a coach as your comments and your feedback that you give me mm-hmm. um, because I can give cookie cutter plans and I can say, Hey, do this. And I can give you four weeks worth of stuff uh, to do and for you to, you know, quote unquote, finish a race. But I'm better if you tell me what's going on. How did you feel? What did you eat? Um, what were the thoughts going through your head? Because if you're out in open water and you're thinking the whole time you're going to drown. Well, we've got more to work on than just your swim stroke. Um, so going back to that mental toughness and that mental strength, he helped me with that a lot just by reflecting and, and thinking about what what's going on. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned um, kind of athletes giving more input. Um, that kind of goes into the next topic that I wanted to go into with with them. Um, uh, your coach and his influence and um, self-management um, that that's focusing on the things that you can't control and you can control keeping a detailed, I guess, log of your training and your race nutrition or your training nutrition 
as well as, um, I guess like, um, sleep or sleep quality, keeping a good log of that. Cause all that stuff you can put into, to training peaks, which I think a lot of coaches use nowadays, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So some of my workouts that I would complain about or be frustrated with, I was complaining about things that were beyond my control. Um, the dew point, the humidity, the rain, that whatever was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or my weight was going up. Well, what's going on? What are you eating? Um, or the, again, the sleep quality, not getting enough sleep, getting too much sleep, napping too late in the day. Um, uh, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the hype, especially, you know, if you're on social media and you start seeing the, uh, the post about race day and the water temperature and the fact that it's supposed to rain that day or, or whatever, nobody can control that. And if you let things like that, the things that you can't control, if you let those things steal your energy, you're done. Yeah. You know, getting frustrated at a person in a race during a race that you can't control. I mean, you, you just, you really have to just focus on the things you can control and do the best you can. You get your goggles kicked off. Well, you know, yeah, you got your goggles kicked off. You, you can't control the fact that somebody kicked them off, but you can control the fact that you're going to already have a plan in place and know what you're going to do. You're going to stop. You're going to get your breathing back. You're going to get the water out. You're going to put your goggles back on. So I try to help my athletes work on even scenarios that may, you know, may not be recognized right away and help them talk them, you know, through what they would do if something does happen so that they can, instead of focusing on being angry at the person, focus on what your action that you're going to do to make it happen to finish that swim, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because um, you really can't just have one plan going into a race because plan A <laughs> won't ever happen. Plan B usually doesn't happen either. It usually ends up being plan C or D. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even think I, I don't. I I can think of maybe one race. Uh, Ironman Lake Placid, I think, was was my race where I think everything, almost everything happened that was supposed to, with the exception of the porta potties being completely full. And when I say full, not full of people, they were completely full. Um, yeah, it was, it was horrible. Um, but one of the, one of the races, I, I can't remember if it was the last race in, in Austin, the last 70.3 where they canceled the swim. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, here we are standing around in our wetsuits, pretty much sweating for uh, Lord knows how long nutrition gets thrown off. And then they send people off on the bike with no swim. So everybody was clustered together. I couldn't, I couldn't control that. Um, and so my nutrition got messed up and cause I didn't have enough food before I started. And then the, the nutrition that was in my bottle got, uh, warm and it wasn't nutrition. It was supposed to be gone before it got warm. Um, right. and so I ended up getting sick and, uh, my choice was to quit the race and have a DNF because I wouldn't have a decent time or to not be a quitter and get through the race because I could control that. I could control my mindset. Um, it was going to be slow, but I was going to finish. And so that was one of those situations where, ugh, you know, we, we got a crap crap shoot that day because of the weather, the fog is what the reason we couldn't swim. Mm -hmm. So that was one of those days where I had to just calm myself down and not be angry about, starting the bike late and being out in the heat for the run. Um, because in Texas it gets, it gets pretty hot. It doesn't matter what month it is. I'm sorry. There are very few months where it's not, you know, super hot later in the day. So, 
that was a mental, mental toughness day. And I, and I really did want to quit to the point where I was running backward. It was a three loop run and I was running backward to get, to just quit and turn my chip in. And one of my friends saw me and she said, just make it through one loop. Just do one loop. You can do it. I thought you're right. I didn't train to quit. I trained to finish. So what mm. I did. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's, uh, it's always tough and the easy way out is just to quit. You know, like you were saying, but if, if we kind of stick through those, those tough moments, you know, most of us triathletes, we have all these, uh, gadgets, you know, and, and everything that's, that's recording data from all of our, our, uh, training and, and races. So even worst case scenario happens, you're still going to get some valuable insight into that, you know, as far as, you know, wh- how am I going to respond to the bike? Let's say, you know, you lo- you didn't have your nutrition or you, your stomach was upset that day, you know, um, you know what you can do given that, uh, I guess your, your fitness level with that type of race nutrition going into it. I mean, that's, that gives you some type of insight, you know, for future yeah. use. Yes, definitely. So you, you learn from it and, and you keep, you know, keep working on, uh, you, you keep working on it and use what you learn from it to continue on for the next training session or race. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that, that might also, um, address, you know, some, some things uh, about your race nutrition that you need to uh, change up for future times, you know, given that like, okay, you're going to have a a race later in the day or, you know, the temperatures are going to be really high. Maybe the race nutrition that you normally can count on won't help you in that for that specific circumstance, you know? Yeah. Don't, don't, I didn't, I don't use that anymore (laughs) or, or have a backup or have a backup. Exactly. Always have extra more than you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so since we're talking about, you know, the mindsets, um, let's talk about, um, you know, participant versus competitive mindsets and, and how you would, uh, advise someone to approach race day. Um, I think that if, if you're just a participant and you're just going in to finish, um, I think for both competitive and just, just, you know, somebody who's going to finish, I think you need to know the course. Uh, I think you need to respect the distance. Um, I know several people are like, Oh, triathlon, that, that looks cool. Well, I'm going to try a full Ironman, but I don't know how to swim. I don't have a bike. And the longest I've ever run is 10 miles. Um, I, I would, I would say um, respect the distances, know what you're getting into, um, know the course, know what 1.2, 2.4 miles looks like in open water when you go out there that day and, and swim it often. Um, and as far as your mindset goes, you have to know what your goals are. You have to have your A, B, and C goal. If this happens, then this. Um, am I going to be okay if I don't meet this? What do I need to do? to what actions do I need to have? That's a big thing for me. What actions need to be happening in order to um, conquer whatever goal I have? Right. Because um, um, with, with uh, half Ironman and full Ironman, there's cutoff times. So you, they should be familiar with at least those and knowing 
what they need, physically need to do in order to meet those cutoff times, right? Correct. Yeah. Know what you need to do to get those cutoff times and then know what terrain, what uh, weather you might come up against that could hinder you from, from hitting those cutoff times. Yeah. If you're going to be doing, um, you know, a, a hilly bike course, you know, going out on, you know, the, the, the side of town that's nice and flat and easy right before race day isn't going to help you out at all. It's going to actually going to probably hurt you. Yep. Yeah. So your mindset going in needs to be, you know, are you going to stick to it? Um, and if, if you want to be competitive, um, you, you have to be tough. If somebody attacks and, and you need to chase after them and go with them, you know, what, what are you going to do? Um, I have, uh, an example at Kerrville triathlon. I was with the, the first, second and third, uh, female bikers and I flatted mm. and I mean, that shot my chance. So my mindset was again, gosh, I had, I didn't realize I had so many <laughs> adverse race, um, events going on with me. Um, but that one just popped into my head and my mindset was, okay, I'm super far behind now. And I couldn't get my, um, my tire was very new. So I got the tube on, but I couldn't get the, the tire back on until bike support came to help. And I was super mm. far behind again. Do I finish or do I keep going? And my mindset was, I'm, I'm here to race. So I'm going to finish. I'm not going to podium, but I'm still going to finish. Um, and I did know that course. Well, I had ridden it many times. Uh, the course I had not been on, I had only driven. It was Lubbock. And, um, it, it was so hilly and so windy that we were actually riding sideways. Um, and this was before they came to the course last year. And oh my goodness, my mindset there had to be, you're not going to die. You are not going to fall over and you are going to finish, even though you feel like you're going backward right now. <laughs> um, so if, if you're going to be competitive, your mindset has to be tough. You have to know how to get through any situation and, and if you're a participant, just know what to expect and, and how you're going to overcome it. And I, I don't like to scare my athletes going into a race, but I want them to know what are they, what, what are they going to think when they feel like they're halfway through the swim and they're not going to finish? Are they going to grab that kayak? Are they going to be pulled out of the water? What, you know, what are you going to do? You have to, you know, keep yourself going. Um, what are you going to do if your bottle, your whole water bottle cage falls off the back of your bike and you lose all your nutrition? Are you going to break down and fall apart or are you going to be able to problem solve? What are some things you can do? So just having that mental toughness all the way through and just being a problem solver instead of, I guess this, this translates back into the whole cancer situation. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a problem solver? What's yeah. next? What, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, if I was you at that, the Kerrville race where you got that flat, I probably would have taken it easy for the rest of that bike and then just given it all I could on the run course, you know, try yeah. and try and make a lemonade out of that situation. I don't know. Yeah. There was no making up on that though. I sat for so long. I, I think it was like a 20, 30 minute break before that. Cause the guy had just come by. So yeah, it, it was what it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned high winds on the bike course out there at Lubbock. I think the thing that helps me, out there on the race course, whenever like race day conditions are just crap is mm -hmm. just knowing that everyone else out there that day is going through the same exact thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Not just you. It's not just raining on you. It's not just windy on you. It's not just hot on you. <laughs> right. It's, everyone. it's everybody and, and, and everyone's out there just sucking it up and 
racing for to cross that finish line, you know? Uh, Coach Brandy, thank you for joining us today here on Splash Mash Dash. Um, if you would like to give a little plug, um, now's your time to do it. All right. Anybody who's out there looking for me, I don't, I don't, um, I guess put myself out there a whole lot as far as, um, you know, any kind of training or videos or, uh, uh, you know, workshops or anything like that. I am on Facebook as Brandy Shipman and, uh, I am on Instagram as coach Brandy try. Um, I'm a teacher and a coach, uh, triathlon and running coach. So I'm, I'm quite busy and I train myself, but, um, I do have room for athletes every now and then if everybody wants to hit me up via Facebook or Instagram um, I don't mind talking to anyone or if I can't coach you, finding you the right coach. I think we have a great community in San Antonio for that. And, um, I'd be happy to answer any questions or help anybody out if they need it. Awesome. All right. Thank you, coach Brandy. All right. You have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast episode. If you're still listening, that means you must have liked it. Go ahead and leave us a review so more listeners like you can find our podcast. As always, train smarter, not harder.